Good morning, friends. Happy Transfiguration Sunday. I'm supposed to be at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Nixa, Missouri this morning preaching, uh, but due to the ice storm and everything else, I'm stuck here in Branson. So today I'm going to share a Transfiguration Day message uh, from Mark chapter 9, verses 2 to 9. I'm going to title the message, Preparing for Adversity. In Mark 9, there's a story about Jesus that also appears in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, so clearly it's an important story in the life of Jesus. It is called the Transfiguration, and here's what happened. Jesus had just told his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem to die. He was fully aware of the fate that awaited him. He knew that he would die a horrific, humiliating, painful death. We must remember that even though Jesus was God in the flesh, he was also fully human. He faced temptation as we face temptation. He felt hunger as we feel hunger. The stripes he received on his back from the Roman soldier's whip and the nails driven into his hands and feet hurt him as much as they'd hurt us. He did not look forward to the cross, but he knew that to do God's will, he must endure. He knew the adversity he was about to face would be difficult for his disciples. So after telling them that he must go to Jerusalem to die, he took Peter, James, and John with him on a high mountain by themselves. Now, this is exactly what Mark writes. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up on a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, which means teacher, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Now, when I read this story, I ask myself, for whose benefit did the transfiguration occur? Was it for Jesus? Was it for Peter, James, and John? Was it for us? The answer is yes. The answer is all of the above. Jesus needed the transfiguration experience as he prepared for the difficult road he was about to face. Peter, James, and John needed it too. They needed to get a glimpse of who Jesus really is. And today we need the truths this story teaches us to help us live as faithful disciples, even when we face adversity. Now, we know for certain that we will face adversity at some time in the future. No matter how good things are right now in your business or career, there will be times ahead when you must face difficult challenges. No matter how good your marriage might be at this moment, there will be times in the future when you face some off-road moments and there will be some rough patches to endure. And no matter how great things are going for you spiritually right now, no matter how close to God you feel, there will be times in the future when his presence isn't quite so intuitive, when you struggle with sin and struggle with the will to obey. Yes, there will be times ahead when doing the right thing hurts. It's a fact of life. We will all face times of adversity. Some of you can see it on the horizon. For others, the threat may not seem as clear. Either way, we all need to know how to prepare for it. Just like soldiers go to boot camp to prepare themselves for combat and athletes go to spring training to prepare themselves for the season's competition, we need to learn to get away before things get too tough and get God's perspective on the situation and get his instructions for our lives.
Today, from where you sit, maybe you can see the storm in the distance, or maybe the driving wind is already beginning to toss you around. It's time to prepare for the rough patch. It's time to prepare for the tough decision. And the story of the transfiguration of Jesus shows us how. There are some very simple principles to follow, but they're most powerful. And here's what you need to do. First of all, get alone with God. Now, Jesus went up to this high mountain, just himself and his three closest disciples, to spend some time alone in the presence of God. Luke's gospel said that he went up to the mountain to pray. Now, I don't know how you are about this, but I'll tell you one of my shortcomings. When I'm facing adversity, my inclination is often to pray less, not more. Maybe subconsciously I'm thinking that God must be mad at me or he wouldn't put me through this or maybe I'm thinking that I'm getting what I deserve or maybe in my arrogance I think I can handle it on my own. Regardless, my first inclination at the sight of a storm is to pray less, not more. Needless to say, that inclination is wrong. I've learned to remind myself when adversity rears its ugly head, my first reaction must be to get along with God and talk to him about it. I've learned to say, God, this is a tough decision that I don't want to have to make. So give me the strength to do the right thing. I'm struggling with the will to obey. Give me the strength to do the right thing. I'm tempted to take the easy way out. Give me the strength to do the right thing. See, the first defense in facing adversity is to get away from the grind of daily life and get alone with God. Now, maybe you need to get away for a week or a weekend or an afternoon, but I just say, get away. Now, how long? Well, until you see what the disciples saw, and that's a glimpse of the glory of God. Verse 3 of our text says that they went up on the mountain, and there he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. You see, the disciples got a glimpse of who Jesus really is. They saw that he was more than just a teacher or a healer. He possessed the radiance of the Almighty God. And the two key prophets of the Old Testament, Moses and Elijah, came from far reaches of eternity into his presence to talk to him. So the disciples got a glimpse of the glory of Jesus. In the coming days, they would need to cling to that glimpse as they saw him get arrested, as they watched him being viciously beaten in a public forum, then stripped and mocked and nailed to a cross. They would need to cling to that glimpse as they struggled with their own fears and their own failures. I also believe that the transfiguration was done for Jesus' sake. There was a sense in which he needed the transfiguration experience to strengthen him as he prepared to face the lonely road to the cross. He needed to get alone in God's presence and get a glimpse of the glory of God. And as you prepare to face adversity, take time to get alone with God and get a glimpse of his glory. But some of you might be asking, what do I mean by that? Get a glimpse of his glory. Well, let me suggest three things. One, meditate on his presence. Remember that he is with you, no matter what storms may come. Remember these two verses, one from Hebrews 13:5, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And from Matthew 28, 20, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. As you get along with God, remember that he has promised that you never have to face anything on your own. He's there with you. So meditate on his presence in your life. Here's another suggestion. Meditate on his power. In Psalm 89, verse 13, it says, Your arm is endued with power. Your hand is strong. Your right hand exalted. So, friends, when you're feeling weak and helpless, remember, God is not. He is all-powerful and could do what needs to be done. 
So meditate on his power at work in your life. A third suggestion is to meditate on his purpose in your life. The adversity that you face is not meaningless. Jesus did not face the cross simply because events kind of spun out of control. There was a reason for his suffering, and there's a reason for yours too. God is doing a work in your life, and the storms you face are a necessary chapter. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, the apostle said, Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trouble, trials, these have come so that your faith, of greater worth than gold, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So at the onset of a storm, get alone with God, get a glimpse of his glory, meditate on his presence, his power, and his purpose at work in your life. So that's get alone with God. Here's the second thing. Listen to God. Open your heart to him and pour out, pour it out before him and tell him all your woes. You need to get to the point where you stop talking and start listening so that you can get his perspective on your situation. When Peter got a glimpse of God's glory, he said, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let's put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, I love Luke's comment in chapter 9, verse 33. He says this about Peter. He did not know what he was saying. <clears throat> See, Peter got a little bit ahead of God. He probably thought, you know, worshiping Jesus on this mountain is a lot more enjoyable than going to Jerusalem to watch him die, so let's stay here forever. And you know what? He had a point. I mean, have you ever been on a retreat? I mean, you probably don't want it to end. You kind of wish you could last forever. But you know it can't because we're not called to pursue a state of perpetual retreatedness, if there is such a word. We're called to live in the day-in, day-out grind of the real world. Peter's idea may have sounded good to him, but he didn't have God's perspective on the situation. So God got his attention. In verse 7, it says, Then a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. In Matthew's version of this story, he says in chapter 17, 6, When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. Now, why terrified? I think a couple of reasons. I mean, one, hearing the voice of God audibly must have been pretty overwhelming. And also, I believe the words that God spoke to them on that mountain helped them to finally realize that what Jesus had been saying was true. <clears throat> he would go to Jerusalem and meet his death. And the realization of this sunk in, they were overcome with fear. Now, right after God told Peter, James, and John to listen to Jesus, what was the very next thing Jesus said to them? Well, Matthew records two things. It's in verse 7. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. Did you get that? Get up. Don't be afraid. See, when we face difficulties, we tend to cower, or we try to hide, or we're overcome with fear. And Jesus tells his disciples, and he tells us today, get up. Don't be afraid. Have courage. I mean, what you're about to face may be tough, but you're not alone. I'm with you. And many times before we face the storm, we cry out, God, get me out of this. And his response is often, I won't get you out of this, but I'll get you through it. So get up and don't be afraid. When you take the time to listen to God, <clears throat> you have a chance to filter out excuses you might want to make and all the escape routes you might want to take. And you have a chance to listen to that still, small voice, that gentle voice of encouragement for God that says, get up, don't be afraid. You can do this. I'll be with you. So get along with God. Open your heart and your ears to listen to him. 
And one thing that I know he will say to you is, don't be afraid. Here's the third thing. Wait on God. Verse 9 says, as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they'd seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Now, we've heard Jesus say this before, but this is the last time in the Gospels that Jesus uses what they call the silence motif. This time, Jesus suggests that the command to keep silent isn't permanent. They can talk about it after the resurrection. See, Jesus reminds them that there will be a resurrection. He's saying, yeah, it's true. I'm going to face adversity. I need to go to Jerusalem and be killed. And yes, it's true. That's not the end of the story. There will be a resurrection. I'll be raised from the dead. So wait until then. So friends, as you face adversity, the same is true. The story doesn't end with the storm or the defeat. It ends with victory. You may have to face some trials and tribulations, but on the other side of adversity is a resurrection with your name on it. In preparing for adversity, we must ready ourselves to wait it out until victory comes. Wait on God. Wait for the resurrection. Now, I'm not being a doomsday prophet when I say that adversity is around the corner in some way for each of us. I mean, it is a fact of life. The rain falls on both the just and the unjust. But if we're prepared, it's a battle we're sure to win. So how do we prepare? Well, get along with God until you get a glimpse of his glory, until you're confident of his, confident of his presence, power, and purpose in your life. Get along with God and listen to God until you get his perspective on what is happening to you, until you hear his encouraging words, get up, don't be afraid. And get along with God, listen and wait on God, wait out the storm. There will be a new day, there will be a resurrection. So, friends, in the transfiguration of Jesus, we get a glimpse of Jesus in his power and glory. And that power is available to you, no matter the adversity you face. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion.